0: Welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Let's begin by talking about, well, the weather. You know, I can't stand when I hear people on the radio talking about the weather, but what happened in Buffalo this past weekend was just unbelievable. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I tell people when they say, you hear about Buffalo 77 inches. Of snow and I, I say to them, well, it's a good place for it. I mean, they wanted to move out there Why would anybody want to live in Buffalo anyway? And if you're listening to us in Buffalo, I, I apologize, but These lake effect snowstorms that get out there are just brutal. I mean, you know, it's been rough here in upstate New York It was 17 this morning. We had 50 60 mile an hour gusts over the weekend and it's still a little bit windy It's 32 right now as I record this it's Monday evening but, I mean, 77 inches, things got so bad. Buffalo, the uh, Bills had to move their game to uh, Detroit, where they beat Cleveland, 31-23. So, anyway, let's do some, uh, some catch-up work on the elections. Because, I mean, one election in particular has not been officially certified as yet. It's in Arizona. The race for governor, Carrie Lake, the Republican, and the uh, Democrat Katie Hobbs, that race still undecided. They're duking it out, not literally, but figuratively, in the state following a disastrous elections day that was plagued by disorganization, broken printers, broken machines. Now, the assistant AG in Arizona wants answers. Her name is Jennifer Wright. Don't know if she's a Democrat or Republican. It doesn't say here. But she sent a letter over the weekend to the Maricopa County Attorney's Office demanding explanations for what happened on election night or election day. that The, the, uh, the uh, results cannot be certified until they get to the bottom of what happened. All these irregularities. And I'll just read you her, her statement. The Elections Integrity Unit of the Arizona Attorney General's Office has received hundreds of complaints since Election Day pertaining to issues relating to the the administration of the 2022 general election in Maricopa County. And I'll just paraphrase here. The complaints are going beyond speculation. They include firsthand witness accounts that raise concerns regarding Maricopa's lawful compliance with Arizona election law. Uh, Katie Lake, uh, Carrie Lake rather, has maintained all along that the uh, Maricopa County elections officials were not and are not in compliance with Arizona election law. And she's fighting it out. She is not conceding, nor should she concede. I think they should do a recount. The, the, you know darn well what happened election day was just beyond the pale. It's hard for a Republican to get a fair shake in some of these states. That are run by Democrats. I mean, the the legislature in Arizona, I think, is Republican. But uh, onto the presidential election, the sweepstakes for twenty twenty four, and it, it it promises to be a barn burner. Next couple of years are going to be really really fun to watch if you're into politics. Now, the twenty twenty four Republican race for the White House is it's shaping up. It, it's starting to look a lot like twenty sixteen. You're going to have a lot of people. Jumping into the race—that's my prediction. Nobody yet has officially said they're going to run. Uh, Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, he is—he's acting and sounding like he's running. Nikki Haley uh, is, I think, running again. She's—I uh, think—considering it. Marco Rubio's name's been tossed about. Ted Cruz is making noise. Uh, all kinds of people getting into the race, and you know, Donald Trump. Could win if the if the vote is fractured in a crowded field. He could do what he did in 2016. How many people? How many? There were 16 or 17 contenders in 2016. Nobody was able to get a lot of the vote, and Trump really he won in a crowded field. And I think the the consensus is that he could do it again. Now uh, everybody's talking about uh, Ron DeSantis. DeSantis has not officially declared his candidacy. What if he doesn't run? I mean, what if he doesn't run? He's got a lot going for him. I think if he does run, his youth—he's in his early 40s. I think he did a great job in Florida uh, with the with the pandemic and his response to it. He didn't shut down the economy. Uh, he didn't shut down the schools. I mean, the state was open for business. I think ahead of many other states, and I think he's uh, he's done a terrific job in in Florida. The state is redder than ever. There was a red wave in the midterms, and it was in Florida. He's working with uh, uh, Republicans have um, super majorities in each house in the state legislature in Florida. Even uh, deep blue uh, Miami-Dade County went red. I mean, that's how red Florida has become. DeSantis should get credit for that. He's 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 an excellent politician. He's good at what he does. So it's going to be a very interesting race for 2024, to be sure. I know one thing's for certain. Whoever gets a nomination, I just... I hope and pray they are true conservatives. With Trump, was he a true conservative? Not a doctrinaire conservative, but you know, some I trusted Trump, and I still do, because he's not one of these mainline politicians who talk a big battle, but they they can't follow follow it up with deeds. And uh, some of these Republicans, and I'll, I'll give you an example here of what I'm talking about. There are 12 Republicans who have signed on to the uh, this so-called Respect for Marriage Act, H.R. 8404, passed the House in July, and it provides statutory authority for the same sex and in interracial marriages, repealing provisions that define marriage as between a man and a woman. So they want to fed, the left wants to federalize marriage. Folks, you do not want the federal government defining marriage. Now, I'm a conservative, I don't think that's government's job. Because whatever government can define, they can redefine. As you recall, back in the late 90s, Bill Clinton was in office. There was the Defense of Marriage Act. Marriage between one man and one woman. Then Barack Obama comes along a decade later and changes it. You do not want the government to define marriage. God has already done that. But this is what the left wants to do. uh, H.R. 8404. Now 12 Republicans, and I'll tell you who they are, have signed on to this. And they want basically homosexuals to be able to marry, to get the same rights and privileges as traditional married couples. Marriage is between one man and one woman, period. Here are the 12 Republicans. Senators Roy Blunt of Missouri, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Shelley Caputo of West Virginia, Susan Collins of Maine, no surprise there, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, Rob Portman of Ohio, no surprise there, Mitt Romney, of course, from Utah, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Joni Ernst of Iowa. My wife and I couldn't believe we heard Joni Ernst's name. It's like she, I thought she was a Trump. Uh, a conservative. I thought she was conservative A to Z on all the uh, social issues as well. Evidently not. Maybe she was a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, you would expect her, and Todd Young of Indiana. They've signed on with the Democrats in support of this so-called Respect for Marriage Act. So if you're in those states and uh, those are your senators, just know how your senators, all your representatives, know how they vote on every single issue. What else is happening? Uh, This is a a story that, you know, the the right is all over this. I get all these right-wing publications, and I love them. The Daily Caller, Red State, Town Hall Magazine, and the World Net Daily. And I keep hearing about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the investigations. Nothing's going to come of it. I don't know why I even uh, torch myself up by reading this stuff. So the uh, Daily Caller News Foundation has a story. It's a couple of days old. And I guess the Republicans, now they're going to take over the House in, in uh, January, they're going to launch an investigation into President Biden. And they allege that he was involved in his son's overseas business dealings. Republican reps James Comer of Kentucky, Jim Jordan of Ohio, citing unnamed whistleblowers allege that Joe Biden was the chairman of the board of the Biden crime empire, or excuse me, Biden family empire. And <laughs> and oversaw Hunter's business activity, claiming to find evidence of conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and also money laundering. Hunter Biden currently holds a minority stake in a Chinese private equity firm. And uh, it's, this firm is held responsible for investing in a previously sanctioned technology company that's committed human rights violations against uh, some minority groups in uh, communist China. So, but Comer said this is an investigation not of Hunter Biden, but of Joe Biden. He says they've laid out evidence as to why they think it's important, and they're going to move forward when they take over in January. Now, I don't know what's going to come of this investigation. Uh, We have, I think there's been ample evidence that Hunter Biden and maybe Joe Biden were involved in a scheme to try to get China to buy liquefied natural gas. Why would we do that? We have all the liquefied natural gas we need in this country. Biden has shut down the uh, oil and natural gas industry here in America, so now he's looking to China, looking to Saudi Arabia for oil and for natural gas and for other, other sources. Anyway, but Hunter's been under investigation since 2018, federal investigation, after he allegedly failed to pay taxes and lied on a firearm application. But I, I guarantee you nothing's going to come of it. They're going to have investigations. They'll form all these committees to investigate, like the January 6th committee. The Democrats investigated Trump. Nothing yet has come of that. Nothing will either. They're going to disband that, that committee when they, the Republicans, once they take over in January. We'll see. So I want to, I, I've had this story for uh, months. And I think it explains really a lot of why we are where we are as a country, how far we've fallen. And people want to put all their faith in a politician, and I've mentioned this before, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or whoever, Obama, you know, he was uh, about hope, hope and change and all this other nonsense. Americans need to believe in God. They need to turn back to God. We as Christians know that. But Americans' belief in God has fallen dramatically in recent years. It's at the lowest level since Gallup began polling the topic, 78 Years ago, 81% of U.S. adults believe in God. Well, that's that's good. Should be 100%. But the total was down six percentage points from five years ago, according to Gallup. 17% in Gallup's poll, this was back in the summer, said they did not believe in God. Between 1944, and this breaks down in uh, terms of uh, party affiliation as well. Between 1944 and 2011, more than 90% of Americans said they believed in God. Through the 60s, the poll consistently found 98% said they believed in God. But in 2011, that total had fallen to 92%. Surveys conducted between 2013 and 17 found belief in God dipping to 87%. Belief in God has fallen the most in recent years among young adults, progressives, and Democrats. It's according to Gallup. Those groups dropped 10 or more percentage points compared to an average of the 2013 to 2017 polls. Liberals, 62% of liberals, 68% of young adults, mostly liberals, and Democrats, 72% were least likely to believe in God. And it's reflected in the policies they push. Abortion on demand. You know, all this uh, money and all this belief in somehow the, the, the government is going to undo climate change, which it's not going to do. But all the, po- all the policies, the Democrats and the liberals, progressives, Marxists, whatever you want to call them, I think they're all interchangeable. All the, the policies they push are detrimental to the country as a whole. They're evil. Same-sex marriage, as we talked about at the top of the program. Abortion on demand, unlimited borders, open borders, everything they want is going to make America weaker. Anyway, conservatives and married adults essentially showed no change in the survey results. Most other key subgroups experienced at least a modest decline. Political conservatives, 94%, Republicans, 92% expressed the highest levels of belief in God. That's according to Gallup. Gallup also asked American adults whether God hears prayers and whether God intervenes when people pray. About half, 42% of those who believe in God, said God hears prayers and can intervene on a person's behalf. I would think that number would be a lot higher, like close to 100. If you're praying, you've got to believe that God hears us. No prayer goes to heaven and back without God hearing it. He hears everything. He sees he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, He hears our prayers. He can intervene in the affairs of man. He does. Sometimes he chooses not to. Anyway, there are a bunch of numbers here. I found it interesting. You could probably uh, check it out online. It's, again, the Gallup uh, survey. It's uh, officially uh, titled uh, Gallup's Values and Beliefs Poll. Values and Beliefs. All right, so if you like what you heard, hit like, hit subscribe, and hit share. Share with your friends on social media. And if you want to contact me directly, you can uh, email me at pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at Network.com, all lowercase. And uh, check out the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. We have this program, which airs Wednesdays. Pac-Man with me, Ted Flint. My daughter, Madeline, with The Essentials with Madeline Flint. And uh, Adrian Ross has a show that airs Tuesday. And the Age Sage, which is one of our newer programs, that's up there too, the Network.com. Thanks for tuning us in, everybody. And if the Lord wills it. We will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.